Welcome. Welcome. You're gonna do that too? Yeah, it's our thing. <laughs> Aren't there being right? What? That's how the first intro went. Oh, but I I did it as a joke. Yeah, but now it's a thing. No. Well. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> what is up guys? Welcome to the second episode of Shivers. Today we have quite the doozy of a story. Um but Oops, I said um. Alrighty, we really, we really gotta work on it. I don't know why it's like. It's just so comfortable in our vocab. Yeah, I guess. But when we talk about stuff, like that space filler. Yeah. Uh, so first thing, that's not um. Uh, is different. So basically the same thing. Before we get into it, we have a couple of announcements to go over. First, we are recording a podcast and also recording or taping our podcast as well so youtube what's up spotify what's up um amelia how about you announce some of the things we want to go over and uh we'll get right into it yeah so we have spotify thanks to my sister yes big shout out to april thank you april um we were able to put it on spotify no issue a link will be provided in the description mm -hmm. on our Facebook page. Um, so if you can go and follow us, and then we turn also on, turn on that bell. Yeah. For we, the notifications. Yeah, we also. Um, there we are. <laughs> Don't you got it? Comfy. Just go. <coughs> oh. I just tripped on my spit. Did you hear it? <laughs> uh. <laughs> If you guys would rate our show on Spotify, yes. that increases our growth and be super helpful. So mm -hmm. you can do that. If you haven't already, uh, please <laughs> subscribe to our YouTube channel. Yeah. Here we are. Hey, we, uh, sh this is obviously Shivers. So find us, like us, subscribe to us. <laughs> We also just made an Instagram, yes. which we will post pictures of the, our podcasts and whatnot, things that we're talking about that you we want you to see. Mm -hmm. We love a good picture yep. of things. Yep. Yeah. So, so any any stories or cases that we cover um, with photos included will be found on our Instagram. So if you're listening on Spotify... Then you can head over to it, which is... Did you mention the name? Shivers, Shivers Podcast. Shivers Podcast. No space. No yeah, space. No space, no period. Just straight Shivers Podcast. Yep. Search us. And, and if, um, if you're watching YouTube, the pictures will be put up on screen. But... Yeah, go. we really appreciate, so far, all of the love and support that we've gotten, received. And it's really helped us. You know, this is new to us. Yes, thank you. So we really appreciate all of like criticism, whatever. It's mm -hmm. all learning thing for us. Yes. And also, if you have any stories or anything you want us to read, send us in our Gmail, which is also our on our Facebook that you can find, but it's shivers.horror at gmail.com. Now, mm. let's get to it. Let's get spooky. All right. Ah. So what we're gonna do is every other week, we're going to swap who's telling the story. That way the other person gets a genuine reaction. So this this week, uh, I chose to... Actually, it was requested quite a few times. So we are now... More than one request. Yeah. Um, we are covering the story of Sheila Labar. Dun, dun, dun. Which hits very close to home. We are... It's literally right down the street from us, so... Yeah. Um... I'm gonna hate you every time you say it. Hmm. Well, so hard. First thing, yeah, we're trying to work on um. So if you guys didn't catch on to that, because we said it quite a bit. Um, <laughs> God damn it! And that one was on accident. <laughs> so for starters, we're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna shout out <laughs> the book Wicked Intentions, which is a book about the Sheila Labar story. It's written by Kevin Flynn. Big shout out to this book. So we. Use this book, a series of websites and videos 
to get the information that I'm covering today, I should say me, because I found all this info. Mm -hmm. But the subject is Sheila Labar. She's considered a small town gold digger gone murderer. And it is quite the story. So you ready? I think yeah, let's do it. Alrighty. So we're gonna start with a little background about Sheila to start off. So here we do. Here we go. Here we do. <laughs> let's let's do it. Alright. So Sheila Labar, or known by her legal name, Sheila K. Bailey, was born July 4th, 1958 in Alabama. She grew up with one sister, Lynn Nugent. Hopefully I don't pronounce that wrong. So, unfortunately, as a child, she was exposed to mental and physical abuse. Before even hitting puberty, she was sexually assaulted multiple times. She was posed as a sexual toy and passed around to older men that were friends of her father's. Her father was uh, frequently drunk and very violent towards her and her sister and Sheila's mother tried her absolute best to protect the girls but it was not enough to keep them out of this toxic environment like right off the rip already bad yep so by her time or by her teenage <laughs> by her teenage years she wanted to escape the brutal small town life that she was living so she came up with these dreams of becoming an artist a model or even a singer she eventually went on to graduate from Fort Payne High School in 1975. She was known for being very beautiful and had a way with men. So right now I'm gonna put up a picture for you, but also for them to check out. So this was Sheila when oh, she was wow. younger. Yeah, she was really pretty. Really pretty. I love pretty. her hair. <laughs> I want my hair to be that long, but yeah, yeah. she's really pretty. Yeah. So, How old was she there? I'm not entirely, I think this was like her 20s, 18, okay. 20. So, yeah, she was considered very beautiful and had an easy way with men. So not long after high school is when she met John. The couple got married quickly, but when Wendy, John's daughter from his previous marriage, so he was recently divorced and started, you know, hooking up with Sheila and whatnot, um, and they got married, like, instantly, almost. Do you have his last name? Or no, there is no there is no last is name for John. Or no. does just John Doe? Basically John Doe. I didn't find a last name and all the information that I had seen, he didn't have a last name either. Everyone just called him John. What's up, Johnny boy? So uh, the couple got married quickly, but when Wendy, John's daughter from his previous marriage, came to her father and told him that when he went to work, Sheila would give her something to drink that would make her very sleepy and she would lock her in the closet. What? And do we know how old the daughter is at this time? She was time? young. Like, pretty young. Like, so we don't younger know than, age, Younger than, she's... like, 10. Yeah. Yeah. Yucky. So immediately she was showing these signs of just, okay. you know. Being a straight creep. Basically. So the marriage between John and Sheila only lasted around six weeks. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Isn't that faster than Kim Kardashian's uh, marriage? That I have no idea. I, I don't know. You don't know really farther. Follow the Kardashians. So anyways. Anyways. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it, it didn't It didn't take Sheila long to find another husband right after the divorce with John. I believe it. Her second husband came to the picture, and he's known as Ronnie Jennings. From the outside looking in, the couple appeared to be very happy, but this wasn't the case when... Sheila became extremely abusive towards Ronnie pretty early on, too. She would take out all of her frustrations out him, out on him, and Ronnie just ends up deciding that he does not want to be married to her anymore after the mental and physical abuse. Yeah, that's like uh, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. I don't know how long they lasted, but yeah. do you know anything about that? Uh, a little bit, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, well, Amber's abusive. So after Ronnie said hey Sheila I don't want to be with you anymore I want a divorce she ended up retaliating mm -hmm. I saw that one coming yeah. and she took a bunch of medication <sighs> she jumped in her car fled from the house and ended up getting in a super bad car accident drama queen I thought it honestly was going to go to the point where like she beat him up but uh, well she probably did but honestly re retaliated in a, a still, different way still yeah still ridiculous 
So after the car crash, she actually ended up in a coma while in the hospital for a while. And eventually when she stabilized and came to, she started telling everyone that she had passed away, visited heaven, and God sent her back to earth with an avenging mission. And what's this avenging mission that she has? Uh, Kill pedophiles so children of the world will be protected. That's a big mission, lady. I don't think, I think you did the opposite of that, didn't she? (laughs) <laughs> Didn't you You'll turn into out. a pedo? You'll find out. Yikes. So, fast forward to 1987. Sheila wants to find a third suitable husband. That... Jeez. Sorry, I'm sorry. She's like 30. I was trying to do the math. Uh, sorry, two marriages at 30. Yeah, basically. basically. Yeah. Anyways. So, the man that was in the ad uh, is known as Dr. Wilford Labar. Mm-hmm. He... He lived in Epping, New Hampshire on a 115-acre farm. He was very wealthy because of his chiropractic career, and Dr. Labar was actually very liked in the community that he resided in as well. Basically, the doctor had everything he needed. He had money, he had property, a promising career. All that he was missing was companionship after the unfortunate death of his wife. So he was just lonely. So he put in, you know, an ad, just trying to find com- com- companionship, not even really like a relationship. Back then, I feel like it was more normal to do that. Now it's just like that's, yeah, that would be weird. Could not, you imagine seeing ads <clears throat> like that? No, not many people even read the newspaper. In all honesty, like, what even is a newspaper? Honestly, well, I know what a newspaper is. Do you? I was joking. <laughs> I remember I used I to, used sell to them stuff when I was... my shoes with it <laughs> for what? <laughs> for like cleats whenever my shoes were oh. wet. <laughs> oh. So Sheila responds to the ad, and at the time she is 34 years younger than Dr. LeVar. How do you even respond to an ad, though? Like that? Probably a phone or a letter. Oh, yeah, he probably put his number in yeah. or something. Email. Just so <laughs> she responds by writing the doctor, including nude photos. Oh, what? Yeah. Uh, the doctor, he was like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. The, the doctor ended up falling very far. Uh, very far. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor a very up, fart. <laughs> the doctor ended up falling very hard. I almost did it again. Hard for her, obviously, because she's a lot younger and sending in these provocative photos. And this doctor provocative, like, provocative, provocative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Moving on. Any hish. So almost immediately, he responds to her, and she ended up flying on a plane from the small town in Alabama that she grew up in to Epping, and. Almost right off the bat, they're in, like, a relationship. Well, yeah, I mean, you don't just fly that much, that far, just to, uh, well, I can't say, just to say, hey, but I did that, so. (laughs) So, almost immediately, they end up in a relationship, and Sheila starts putting her hands into all of the doctor's business. Mm -hmm. She's trying to take over the farm, she's trying to take over his business, and she also starts demanding by everyone in Epping to call her Mrs. LeVar. Even though they weren't not even married married yet. So possessive and creepy. Yeah. Creepy. Uh she would scare off the employees of the doctor's uh business that would second guess her decisions and also she caused like huge separation between Dr. Wilfred and his adult children. So immediately she shows up and she's like, Hey, you're doing this, I'm gonna be the boss. And the doctor basically, like, just let this happen. Because he's like, look at my young wife. I mean, or not even a wife. Young girlfriends. Like, want to take control. I mean, maybe some people are into that. Take take control of my life. (laughs) After some time in the town of Epping, Sheila had grown a a pretty big reputation. Like, she was pretty popular in this area. She would ver... She she would ver... (laughs) (laughs) I'm messing up a lot. I'm sorry. Sorry, guys. Uh, she would wear very tight and revealing clothing in public and most of the time when deliveries were actually brought to the farm she would answer the door in almost no clothing ew yeah so she was like hey delivery boy and again the doctor is just letting all of this unfold she's like an uncontrollable woman at this point over the years she also had a few run-in with uh, police officers visiting the farm and when they would respond to the estate there's been reports of her answering the door in skimpy clothing. Like, hey, officers. And then just whoop, just bearing her entire body to them. Shoot. Yeah, literally. What's up? 
So she's grown this reputation. She's obviously like everyone kind of has this idea that she's with the doctor for certain reasons. She steps in, starts taking over the guy's life. Seems obvious. And she's just strutting around Epping, New Hampshire. Nakey. Hey. So within a year of living on the property, she had ownership over everything the doctor owned. Uh, it's said that the doctor agreed because he doesn't want to lose her, obviously. And staying while staying unmarried, she told the doctor, even with signing over his property, that she will not be his wife, ever. She's going to live her life as a single woman all the time she's there. So this doctor is getting used and abused. And he bad. sounds like he likes it. Or he doesn't, he, I mean, he doesn't change anything. I yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. Speaking of, the doctor was questioned by many people around town why she would, you know, why he would even decide to keep Sheila around. And every time his statement was, she has too much on me. Oh. Yeah, literally. What does it mean? Over the years, she had bullied customers that were visiting the, chiropr the chiropractic business into paying. She, again, scared away a bunch of questioning employees and she actually ended up starting to abuse the doctor. Once again. Going back into her habits. Michael Wallace, a Epping police officer, was called to a domestic violence uh, at the farm and the doctor had deep scratches all over his face and neck. Oh my God. And at this point, she had completely isolated him from everyone and took over his entire life. That's more than an abusive person does. So now she's kind of on the radar of the police officers. Well, at this yeah. Especially who else is there? Yeah, especially you something know. like that, too. So fast forward to 1995. Basically, this story's going to jump around a lot because it's just like the main parts of the story. There's obviously stuff that had happened in between, but it, you kind of fill it out. So there's not like a huge amount of back information, but in... Fast forward into 1995. Here we were born. Here, I was, I was born in 94. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Sheila meets a handyman that was actually from Jamaica that was working on the doctor's clinic. And they start up conversations. You know, they start talking, this and that. And Wayne Ennis is the handyman. He ends up starting to fall for Sheila. But within the same year, she had a restraining order put on him but also married him. What? And get this. <laughs> Excuse me, what? And get this. She, after they get married, she brought him back to the farm to live her, with with her and the doctor. Mm -hmm. Don't like it. Yeah. Don't like the story is pretty That wild. guy sounds like a weenie. <laughs> so even though she was actually married to Wayne Ennis, she still kept the last name Labar. But she's not even married to nope. the doctor. It's not, it's not a common law marriage or anything. Like, there's nothing tying them other than the power of a, a attorney. To, the power of her. Yeah. Power of attorney of over everything the doctor owned. So, over time, she had brought Wayne off the property in their vehicle. And, you know, Wayne had been on the farm for a little bit at this point. And so they hop in the car. They're driving down the Epping back roads. And she told him that she wished a horse would just kick Dr. Wilford in the head and kill him. And she also stated that she had thought about strangling him herself. So then, while on the car ride, she tried to persuade Wayne to kill the doctor for her so that they can own the farm. Even though she literally... Well, it's like, I think the doctor had signed it over for his when he passed away. I don't think she owns the farm at this point. Mm. Oh, so at first he was like way too scared to say no to her but eventually he said no and said i can't i can't kill him he's literally like a father to me that's weird to say yeah isn't that really weird married to her who's with him yeah and that's how much the, the age triangle. difference is but she struck fear into these people that were around her so badly that they just would I not will do it well, at first, he was, like, scared to say no. He didn't agree to it. Mm -hmm. Overall, Wayne had stated that the main reason for the divorce was because he caught her with another man one night. Other, at, other than the doctor. Yeah, a total different guy. <laughs> another man's. Yeah. Wayne had gone and told the doctor the plans that she had, and 
he the doctor immediately took Wayne, brought him to a bus station so he could get out of town, and Sheila literally never saw him again. Oh, good for the doctor to do that. The only thing the doctor had asked was for Wayne to report the case to the police, and he never did. So Sheila just continued raining. Probably scared, which I don't blame the guy. She sounds yeah. terrifying. Which is crazy because she doesn't look terrifying at all. She looks, I mean, I don't really know what an abuser looks like. Yeah, I mean, they she look don't. like anything, you know? Yeah. They look like anyone. So, never reported, and Wayne was literally never seen again until he had written um, letters for the police to help Sheila during the trial. To help. Oh, get go her against in her. Yes. Oh, yeah, I was like, he's to help her trying get to help her. Right now? No, no, no. After Wayne had left, Sheila then approached one of the doctor's patients. His name was James Brackett. He had a low IQ and a slow, a slow speech issue and was 10 years younger than Sheila. She coerced him into moving onto the farm with her and the doctor. Uh, the relationship between James and Sheila became very abusive very fast. We're basically seeing a uh, repetitive a, deal yeah, here. A pattern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she would physically and mentally abuse him almost daily, but just like every other man that Sheila encountered in this way, he was too scared to leave and save himself. So for a total of five years, James had remained on the farm and, and during this abuse. Halfway through James staying on the farm, Dr. Wilfred actually had passed away. Wow. So he, he passed away in the year 2000, and his autopsy proved that he had passed away from a severe heart attack, high blood pressure, hypertension, and arteriosclerosis, which is like, I'm saying it wrong and I am, but it's like the clogging yeah. of your arteries. arteries. And how old was he? I didn't get his age. Thanks for embarrassing me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just figured it was probably he, he's, earlier he's, than anticipated, but I, I also think so, all but of the stress yeah, that literally. he was under from her. Yeah. Obviously, the doctor really, I don't think he had any underlying underlying issues prior to her moving there, but for over 20 years, he suffered abuse from Sheila. So obviously, this increased his, his death rate, basically. And the public and the family of the doctor thought for sure that she had something to do with it, but there was absolutely no connection other than the stress, which you can't be charged for. So right at the... The death of the doctor, Sheila was in complete control, and no one could tell her otherwise. She was the owner of the farm. He owned everything at that point. Amelia's on her phone trying to find the doctor's age. After the doctor had passed away, the abuse of James Brackett excelled to a whole nother level. He's only 74. Yeah, that's young. That is young. It's not super young, but I bet he would have lived longer. Yeah, it's too young, especially being a doctor, too. Yeah. So the abuse literally just excelled once the doctor had passed away. James then had firearms being discharged at him. Uh, Sheila took an axe and chased him into a barn. He ended up hiding, like hiding, and something out of like The Shining. You ever seen that movie? No. You've seen clips of it where the guy breaks through the door with the axe. He's like, "Here's Johnny." Oh. Yeah. Sheila famous. literally, Sheila literally did that to this man while he was trying to hide in a barn. I can't even imagine. No. So at this point, after the doctor's death, she fell into heavy drug use, including uh, marijuana and tranquilizers. And the abuse of James just continued and continued and continued. Um, she can't even care about the doctor. It sounds like she didn't even care about him. I, I don't know. Married basically two other guys. Within the time of James being on the farm, he made several attempts to leave the property and the abuse, but he failed, which I don't really know how you do that but i have i don't know i didn't meet this woman so um until one day during a blizzard he hiked through the woods to a homeless shelter and within the help of his family he finally escaped it had been said during the time he had spent on the farm she had hired several farm workers to help around and most of them just disappeared never to be seen again and when sheila was questioned about the people she had hired she stated they just up and left mm-hmm. and there was no evidence of these people being around so somehow she is taking people, hiring them, and they are just disappearing off the face of the earth, and the police are not doing anything because there's nothing. There's nothing. There's no, like, evidence or 
fail. There's no evidence, there's nothing. Fast forward some time, and once again, Sheila is luring in her next victim of abuse. Michael Deloge came into the picture after coming from the state of Connecticut and was in a homeless shelter in New Hampshire. Uh, he had suffered from substance abuse, was distanced from his ex-wife and his daughter, and had zero money. So when Sheila met him and approached him with the idea of coming to the farm with having a place to stay, a steady job, and sex, he literally couldn't turn it down. Like this, oh, I just won the golden ticket. Little did he know that was the biggest mistake he ever made. Less than a year of being with Sheila, Michael had essentially gone rogue. His parents had little contact with him as as is, but he, you know, he would occasionally call and say, "Hey, mom, like I'm doing this, you know, I'm just basically just catching up." But it reduced almost nothing. They had feared something had terrible, like happened to him, and they had heard rumors that he was being attacked by Sheila. And in one case, she had almost severed his ear off of his head, like he attacked him so bad. And Sheila's neighbors also describe a situation he was involved in during the winter. So in the middle of a blizzard, this man is walking down the driveway, stumbling and bleeding from the head, and when stopped and questioned by one of the neighbors, all he said was Sheila. So the police were called, and again, they couldn't do anything for whatever reason. And the last time Michael spoke to his family and his mother, his mother was like absolutely begging him to leave and come back. Sheila caught the conversation and became furious. So she recorded a video of Michael stating that his mother let him be sexually abused as a child and didn't protect him. Reports say that in the video, you can see Michael's face like bruised and cut up. But at this point, he was isolated and completely brainwashed by Sheila. Is that? At this point, he's completely, completely isolated from his family and brainwashed by Sheila. So she was telling him so many times that he was a child molester that he literally started believing it. And this was not true whatsoever. So bad. And at one point, Michael literally just disappears from the farm completely and no, nowhere to be found. There's no worse. The, the weirdest part is, is there's no missing person report. There's nothing. And it's because she forced Michael to say, hey, mom, you let me get molested as a child. And her mom was like, all right, dude, peace. Like so he ruined, just goes missing. Ruined relationships Burns bridges. Yep, exactly. Just so. Burns bridges just to uh, mess him up. And once again, once Michael is gone, where is he? We don't know. She's alone. Again. She needs a man, sounds like. So... In the year 2005, she got involved in telephone dating. So it's basically a telephone hotline. You get connected with a random person. You conversate it out and so like, see where it goes. So like basically speed dating. 2005 on the Tinder. Phone. I was going to say Tinder, but speed yeah. dating on the phone. So. Essentially. So her number was left through the, the company. Mm -hmm. And men would call her. And she would listen to the voicemails left by them and she would weave certain ones out. So if the guy on the other end of the line sounded intelligent and like well off, she would, eh, no, we're good. But if they sounded not so intelligent and like had a low IQ, she would save their numbers and call them. Are you starting to see a pattern here? Yeah, it's because they are, they're probably like, oh, I'm looking for love. And she's like, I got you, babe. And she, then she, she literally snatches them, she literally, abuses them. Yeah. She's, in some of the videos I watched, she, she is literally called like a black widow because she was find finds these her men, prey, find these sticks men that her are, teeth into them and bye. Yeah, find these men that are extremely easy to manipulate and just. It's so scary that people are like that. It really is terrifying. It's it's terrifying the amount of power this woman had apparently. Seriously, I mean she was cute. She was a high, but sound. She's crazy. So one of the one of the conversations that she ends up having and the voicemails that she saved was Kenneth County. So he comes into the picture after meeting her on this hotline. Um, and we're just gonna give a little bit of a background so about him. Are all of them from the area? Is that like how that works? Or? Well Kenneth is so Kenneth is from Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. Michael was from Connecticut. Wayne was in the area working. Right. So, you know. Oh, yeah. I, 
meant more of the hotline thing. I guess that's. I'm assuming kind of it's like the state, area. yeah, New England yeah. or whatever. So Kenneth had grown up through a, a pretty decent childhood. There's videos of his mom, and she. It's really sad. She just seems, like, very. Not involved or like uninterested. No. No. She she cared a lot, and you'll find out. Um. So she she gave. <laughs> So I said I I thought you were coming off of like she didn't really care, but you were like, no. No, she cares. She actually cared a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so, his mom gave him like a a, a good childhood. Um, unfortunately, it had it had been said that he had development issues and had the IQ uh, equivalent to a twelve year old, even at the age of like, in in his twenties, and yeah. So after high school, he asked if his, you know, he went and asked his mom to bring him to the uh, Lowell Mass Army recruiting station where he ended up enlisting. But sadly, he was discharged before he graduated, even graduated the training. So he was kicked out of the army. He just didn't make it. So that is like a huge knock in this dude's life. Like that's all he wanted to do. So after he got kicked out, he moved back to Mass where he became like extremely, extremely depressed over the failure. Um, and he had attempted suicide, but didn't succeed. And when Sheila came into his life, he was literally like at an all-time low, all-time low. Oh, no. She is a seeking recipe, her prey. Recipe for disaster. So the first time they met up after the phone conversations, they went to a bar, and after a few drinks, they go out. To, they go outside to Sheila's car and end up having sex in the back of the car. <laughs> I read that before you even said it. My mouth dropped. <laughs> Uh, and literally just a, like a few days later, he goes back to his home and tells his roommate that he's moving out. He's got a new girlfriend. Right off. So he's going from, <laughs> going from Mass to New Hampshire with his new girlfriend. But when Sheila came to pick him up, she actually told the roommate that he was only coming over for dinner. So Kenneth didn't pack anything. Didn't bring clothes. Didn't nothing. But he literally never came back. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. He didn't show back up to the house. Ever. So like, but he. It sounded like he was under the impression he was leaving for good, and then the roommate only found out that it was only for one day, so he didn't have any of his stuff. So yeah, it's reported that his roommate watched him walk out of the house with nothing, hmm. because he was under the impression that he was moving out. But then Sheila came and said, "Don't worry, he's coming back. He's not moving in with me." Hmm. But he literally never came back. Hmm. So. I'm not like the mom, stuff anyway. The mom becomes, which I believe her name is Carolyn. His mom catches whiff of this story and becomes extremely concerned. So he, she called from Massachusetts. She called the Epping PD and had them proceed to do a well-being check. And when the police arrive, Sheila answers the door, and they're like, "Hey, we need to speak to Kenny." She's like, "He, he can't talk to you right now." They're like, well, why not? And she was like, oh, he's taking a bath. So then right. they they stayed and waited to find out if Kenneth was okay. I'm just going to call him Kenny. Find out if Kenny was okay. And eventually he actually came to the door. He was, you know, wet, had a towel wrapped around his waist. And was like, how, you know, how can I help you guys? And totally, totally seemed fine. So mm. the police left, called the mom, and said everything is good to go. But this pisses Sheila off that police police are have shown up that come to the that house. mom is involved yeah she records kenny stating that his mother sexually molested him as a child and continued to do so as he was growing up and she called his mom and played the recording for her and obviously the mom was like are you serious you know freaking out right that's all because it's not it's not true right and obviously the intent was to distance Kenny from his from, mom. Yeah, and no it, attachments. It kind of worked, but it didn't. His mother was like, no, something's up. So she yeah. continued to call and had the police go to the farm if she hadn't heard from him in a while. Oh, so she just, she was mom. consistent, literally. She knew something was up, but after so many calls, she was actually told by a police officer at in Epping that Sheila's harmless. Like, no, no, she's... He's, that's, Even though there's like that's not literal, like she has a background at that point. She's not. That's not her thing, though. No, I wouldn't worry about Kenny. He's okay. He's just, you know, he's growing up. They're probably basically. sick of the phone calls and didn't want to. They're keep just, going. you know, they're just. Uh, she's not. She's not dangerous. That's 
out. So obviously the police at this time know who Kenny is, right? And after a few weeks, um, the officers that had gone to the farm actually saw Kenny in the, the local effing Walmart here. And I'm going to show you a photo of what he looked like. Ouch. So who took this picture? I have no idea. I think it's her. I think it was her. Because it doesn't... Maybe maybe the police officers? I, I don't know who Poor took the guy. photo. But for Spotify, what the police officers see is Kenny sitting in a Walmart wheelchair. Essentially. His, his, his skin color is, like, not normal. It's, like, white, and, like, he's super pale. His face is swollen as ever. He has cuts on his nose, bruises on his eyes. Like, this dude is just messed up. Yeah. He's he's just beat. Looks like he got into a fist fight. Yes. With a man. So, at this point, the police officers realize that he's obviously in horrible condition. He's not even able to walk himself through the aisles of the store. He was being pushed around by Sheila. I also don't like what's in their cart. It looks like two gas... Yes. Containers. Yep. So, in the photo, there are two gas containers sitting in in the basket of... The Which is wheelchair. What I just said. Thank you. <laughs> it's my story. Sorry. When they asked Kenny, like, hey, Kenny, you good, man? Like, they tried separating him and Sheila, and he literally just sat there with his head down and didn't respond to the officers, and reports say that he was he was drooling on himself. So this dude is beat <sighs> up, like, bad. And he's... I wonder if he's drugged. He is in a Walmart wheelchair. I wonder if he's drugged because she has history of doing that too. Beat up with two oh gas gas containers in it's the not, basket. It's not looking good. And he, the police stated that he refused to talk to them, but my belief is that he literally couldn't. So Physically. Sheila, yeah, Sheila ends up talking for him <sighs> and says, "Oh, he's good. He's just a little down." Or whatever, you know. Why wouldn't they ask about the bruises that are very clearly on his face? And probably did. Get but... this? She literally was okayed to walk out of the Walmart with the items that she purchased with Kenny. And she was seen lifting him into the car. Oh, my. Oh, the system failed you, Kenny. So, after the encounter, they actually called Kenny's mom and told her about the you know the situation probably a good idea and the, literally the first thing as anyone would say you saw that and literally let my son go with her no like, literally they failed you? they failed him so two days later after the walmart visit it's march 23rd 2006 sheila contacts the epping pd and claims that kenny left her and the farm and she had proof of why and the police officers were like, well, what's your proof? And she's like, oh, I have a tape. So she plays a tape. For tapes so she plays, she plays a tape over the phone for the police officers, and it's Kenny admitting to the crimes that he committed, including child molestation. But the reporting officer had stated that uh, when it was played for him, he could like hear him physically getting weaker over the recording. <laughs> and at one point, he hears him vomit and then Sheila like freaking out on him why are you puking why are you passing out like don't pass out Thanks, again the police did nothing are they supposed to do oh no I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm totally wrong with that I retract my statement I retract my statement um let me just say this real quick because I'm messing up Sheila used this tactic of recording false claims of crimes by her victims obviously and at one point, she had over 300 cassettes of recorded conversations. That's when you know someone is manipulative this, yeah. because she starts recording and making them lie. Lie. And oh, she she's trying to like, them. yeah, she's trying to like cover her back. She, because, oh my God. She targets these guys with low yeah. IQs and just abuses them to the full, I absolute cannot, full power she I can. I cannot believe that. So, back to my retra- my retracted statement. The next day after hearing the recording, detectives arrive at the farm at 6 p.m. at night. And walking up to the house, 6 there's... 6 p.m. at night? 6 p.m. <laughs> at night. 
uh, walking up to the house, they notice there's a, a burn pit in the front yard. Oh so no! So let me. I'm gonna throw a video. I'm gonna throw a picture up, and the burn pit is right here. That's her house. The burn pit is this area right here. So oh this is what they my. see when they pull up. So out of curiosity, they walk up to the burn pit and they realize that personal items are. Be it looks like personal items are being burned, but with. Uh, further investigation one of the deck and one of the detectives looks in like closer into the burn pile and finds a bone with a hunk of flesh on it oh my and it appears God. they can't say if it was human or not at this time but it appeared to be a upper arm and shoulder section <laughs> so the officers find that and without a warrant it, the this officer that I saw in the video, he literally walked up to the house, kicked in the front door, and then all of a sudden they hear a woman screaming at them from the driveway, and they turn around and Sheila's standing there. So they start conversating with her. And she actually agreed to let them into the house. And when questioned about what is in the burn pit, she stated it could be a rabbit or it could be a pedophile. I don't know. She stated this to the police officers. <laughs> Sorry. Those are very big difference. And there's, so they go into the house and what they see is just, it's just trashed. There's trash everywhere. There's rotten food in the sink. Ew. That's what I imagine. And there's hundreds, look like. hundreds of rabbits running around. And that's what she meant. Could be a rabbit, could be a pedophile. I don't know. Yeah, but what about this shoulder bone that we just found that looks human-esque? So... They ended up not touching any of the evidence just to leave it intact. Right. But when in the house, there's a trash bag on the counter full of ash and like burnt stuff. Oh, and no. like they it. question, you know, like, what, what is that, Sheila? And she laughed and said, oh, that's Kenny. <gasps> no, she didn't. Yep. No, she didn't. Uh... So <laughs> as they're walking around stepping over rabbit feces and all this trash and everything they notice that the evidence of kenny not leaving the farm is very prominent they see a pair of his shoes so he, oh so they think that he's like he should still be there yeah basically so they they see his shoes and so the police officer they they at this point the police officers know kenny know sheila and they've seen him out in public multiple times and this and that so he sees the shoes and he was like, okay, like those are his shoes, so where is he at? And she goes, oh, those are his uh, those are his old shoes. I had bought him a new pair. And the detective specifically remembers seeing Sheila buy Kenny's shoes. Mm. So at this point, like obviously the police officers are keeping a close eye on mm. what the hell is going on, mm -hmm. but then they're not able to do anything. So then they go into the basement of the house. She's still bringing them around the house and they're seeing just all this crazy stuff. So then they go in the basement and he sees another set of shoes. And he's like, well, those are his new shoes. So where is Kenny? And at this point, she's like, get off my property. Mm -hmm. So without mm -hmm. a warrant, they had absolutely no choice and they right. left. They have to leave. So the next morning, now with a search warrant, the detectives go back to the farm and they stated when they pulled up that Sheila was covered in ash and caught her sifting through the burn pile that they investigated the previous day. And the original bone and flesh that they had seen was never found again, but they had brought um, some of the ash to investigators and they discovered bone fragments that were human in the burn pit. So the house, the barn, and the 115 acres of land becomes a one of the biggest crime scenes in the state of New Hampshire ever. Um, they investigate the home and where in court footage that I'm going to link in the description that you can go watch, there's a detective walking around the house and he's just showing and it's like i said just completely messed up and they're finding multiple blood splatter stains in different rooms of the house I, I need to. the investigation they flushed the septic system that led to the discovery of michael deloge's birth certificate and driver's license what yep so she took his stuff and flushed it down the toilet and they found it because that's like a common thing to do obviously is try to flush the evidence and so they backed I out get the, the driver's license thing, but you'd think that a birth certificate would last? Well, you gotta remember, you gotta remember he was homeless, so he probably had everything with him. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, wouldn't 
paper kind of dissolve? I feel like that was stupid to say, but like. Well, they were. But I probably yes. Probably but they probably she knows at this point. Readable. Like I'm, I'm messed. Like I'm, I'm caught. So she's like trying. I need trouble. Yeah. So maybe it was very recent. Trying to hide her evidence. So at the time, there was, like I said, stated before, there was no investigation on Michael at all. So they find this birth certificate and they're like, who is this dude? Oh. Yeah. Uh, but after word gets out, eyewitnesses come forward um, placing Michael at the farm. And with that situation of him walking up the road, stumbling, bleeding. So oh. he gets placed at the farm. So now yeah. they know you know potentially there's another person missing so until the investigation the human remains were um confirmed sheila she couldn't be arrested there was nothing there's there's no proof you don't know if that's a cow bone you know anything so she was placed under um watch by law enforcement and but she ended up getting away but she flees physically ran so they were not they weren't able to detain her arrest her detaining is literally just like holding you're not arrested but whatever so they just place her under watch and whoever was watching her from a distance basically what it was like bye yeah she literally was like peace and just snuck away somehow and so she ran to massachusetts dyed her hair red and withdrew like over eighty thousand dollars and packed up all of her pet rabbits Do we know how many pet rabbits? Uh, hundreds, they say. So, the, like the whole house how, is full of rabbits. How do you pack up that many rabbits and you don't go unnoticed? How do you even carry that? How does, so, you, how does one this. travel get with this. hundreds this. of rabbits? <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, so the DNA test results finally come in and she's officially charged with murder because they came back to Kenneth County. So the test results come back and unfortunately she had murdered Kenneth County took advantage of this dude obviously dismembered him and threw his body into a fire disgusting what, is it obvious that he, he was dismembered before or did she light him on fire and then i don't know it's not stated things were the investigation of this is this whole case is just extremely weird and you'll find out why after but back to sheila so she runs to massachusetts charged with murder but she's literally still on the loose they can't find her so she actually ends up back in Manchester, New Hampshire, and she stops by a pet store asking the associates to uh, watch her pet rabbits for a few days. And the associate, <laughs> yeah, the associates are a little concerned. And obviously, you know, obviously she comes up with some story and says, "Oh, I'm, I don't have a place to stay." Blah blah blah. And the store owners agreed and actually invited her into their home. I didn't know that you could actually do that though. You could just walk into what did you say, Petco? No, a pet store. Oh. So it sounds like a smaller private pet store, probably. Yeah, probably. But, hey, can you watch my, like, hundreds of hundreds of rabbits? Yeah. Later that night, or at, at some point, they're hanging out in the house, playing with the rabbits, and the 11 o'clock news comes on. And Mm-mm. stating, it states that there's a man missing in Epping, New Hampshire, and there's a woman wanted for murder. Oh. And Sheila's photo pops up on the news. Oh, no. So the family instantly called the police. Trying not to panic. She was finally caught and arrested. Could you imagine the coincidence of them watching that news? I would shit my pants. Watching the news. And all of a sudden, like at that time, watching the right channel. What do you like? What are the chances? (laughs) That's literally something out of a movie. Literally. That's something that you'd be like, no, that's not real. And I, it has to be true because, oh. <laughs> like, and they, then you're just like, uh, they have police reports in their house. That is, I don't know what I would do. Like, do I attack the person? Do I stay cool? Like, just act like nonchalantly? I wonder where she was when they saw the news. Like, sit on the couch, like, just kind of like side eye. I'm like, well, <laughs> hey, I gotta go. Disturbing. Uh, you know, brush my teeth. Meanwhile, they're that's like, like picking up their phone, like, oh my god. That's like those close, you know, close encounters of um, other murderers and stuff. Like, oh, I got a, I got a ride by Ted Bundy, but I lived. Yeah. Because he didn't do anything there. Yeah, I let just, uh, Sheila Labar in my house. Yeah, not even knowing. Because I was being, what I thought was being nice. Yeah, literally. So Michael's body, unfortunately, was never actually recovered, Aww. but 
positive positive DNA test of the blood splatter, some of the blood splatters in uh, the house led back to Michael. So at the point of her being arrested, she was going to be charged with two counts of murder. And while in court, she actually admitted to killing both men, falling back on her avenging mission of killing pedophiles. So she had this, and she just kept saying it. I guess her story in court would change, but she would always fall back to killing them just because they're pedophiles, which they weren't. They literally were not pedophiles. She brainwashed them and forced them to say this stuff and basically blackmailed them. Yeah. She's like, I have I have recording evidence that they're pedophiles. Yeah. And it's like, you forced them to say so her defense in court is that she she was clinically insane during the mor- the murders, but she was charged with both counts of murder, mainly due to the fact that there was way too much planning and cover up with the case for a quote unquote crazy person. Mm-hmm. So she is now serving two life sentences without the chance of parole in Homestead Correctional Institution in Florida. Florida. Yeah, I was surprised when I saw that. I don't know why. Did she start off in Florida? Like they? Yeah, there's no way. She probably started here. Why she got transported to Florida, I have zero idea. It's probably a certain level of, like, it's a maximum security prison or something. Or my information's wrong. I don't know. But it said, I Googled, where is Sheila Labar today? And it said Florida. So while she Googles that and proves me wrong, <laughs> uh, additional information about the investigation. So, further investigations of the homestead revealed a human toe by the barn, apparently. And tests were done on the toe, DNA test, and that toe didn't belong... Are you listening? Didn't belong to who? Anyone? Didn't belong to Kenneth County or Michael Deloge. Oh, my. So, there's a high belief that there's a lot more bodies on the property. And... She's actually not considered. I don't I don't think she's considered a serial killer. Cuz she well, only killed two people and te- I think it's like three. That's written. But yeah. no, because well, she had workers on her farm that disappeared, right? Yeah. That's 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 like the part of this that I don't understand is they found a toe. Well, she's in Florida. Yeah. See? All right. Yeah. Florida. They find a toe and nothing else happens. They're just like, oh, yeah, there's probably bodies out there. There's probably bodies. Yeah. I, just, just, I just don't, I don't know. Obviously, I'm not a police officer. I was, but nothing, you know what I mean? Like, but, so, where's the, like, where's the, the pieces here? You right. find a toe and there's like, it doesn't belong to Kenneth County or and they don't Michael Deloge. Dive into it. That's what I'm saying. Maybe they did. Maybe, I don't know. But, I don't think she's considered a serial killer. I like it's on Google that she is. Oh, she okay. I thought it was like three people is like your serial killer or something. I don't know. But belief is that everyone believes she's a serial killer just because they think there are bodies buried throughout her property everywhere. I and she had that. 115 acres, oh, and that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot of. It. Did they ever investigate any of the acres? I I'm assuming they they did. Yeah, they combed and there's not a lot of information on this case there's really not it's like and it's it's a crazy case so i'm going to tell you actually you know what yeah let me do these two stories first and then i'm going to tell you something possible serial killer she has possible the, the title of possible serial killer because they didn't want to search her property probably more so which i it's so weird That's, to me like, maybe they didn't have consent or something i have no idea but the house is now owned and lived in by someone, which is no, thank you. creepy as hell, no, and I have a story you. about it. So if you, stay, if you stay around to the end of the video, you're actually going to see some bonus footage, and it's creepy, 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 creepy. So since we live not even 20 minutes away from where this lady murdered people, we have some personal stories in from people that we personally know, and... Uh, with some encounters with Sheila Labar before she was caught. So the first one up is Ryan, which is Amelia's brother-in-law. Okay. And here's his story. <laughs> uh, in Raymond, New Hampshire, there were three friends playing outside when a pickup truck was driving slowly by. Them being around the ages of 13, 14, said something smart, and the truck came to a stop. There was a lady driving the pickup. 
She starts talking to the three friends about offering them jobs on a farm she owns in Epping. Said she needed help because of surgery she recently had on her knee. They all denied because the situation felt off. Before she left, she gave them $7 to split and a few pieces of gum. I remember I remember that now. Mm-hmm. They went home and told their parents about the nice lady and what she had... Given them, sorry. Typo. Oh, what she had given them. Fast forward a few months and Ryan receives a phone call from a friend that day saying you need to turn on the news right now because he thinks he recognizes a lady wanted for murder in Epping. Ryan ran to the TV, turned on the news, and there was the same lady that they saw that day. Sheila LaBar. I remember him <laughs> telling me this. Ooh. It was him and a friend, which I guess it was three friends. I don't know who the other person was. But that he got asked by her, and they found out that she had, you know, murdered all these boys. And could you imagine if they said yes? No. Ryan would beat It's way right more now. creepy. It's way... Because I didn't know about, like, the farmhands and stuff that ended up going missing. I had no idea about that. I thought she had killed the two dudes and whatever. So she must have been going around asking kids yes. to come help her on her farm. Ah, that makes me think that there's so Ryan, many more people Ryan that died. and his friends, I feel good like... Good thing you got good gut instincts, literally bro. Literally dodged the bullet. Literally. Like, so the second story is actually from my mom's brother-in-law. His name is Keith. Hey, Keith. Hey, Keith. So, Keith has lived in Epping his entire life, and he does a lot of handyman work around the town. Um, So, he was approached by Sheila asking if he could come help on the farm with some work, you know, fixing things up and some farm hand type stuff. Farm work. Farm work. Farm hands. (laughs) So... Keith politely denied and said that his schedule was fully booked due to him working two jobs. His other job was working at the local Walmart. He was working the day Sheila came in with Kenneth County and saw him in the wheelchair with the gas containers in the basket. It's crazy that he can remember that. I mean, he tells wild stories. That's insane. So, so, you know, Keith, I almost said Kenny, Keith... I think had known who Sheila Labar is at this point. She's been around for a minute. And he also had said that he saw Kenneth out in public, but didn't ever get to know him personally. So they're obviously around town and whatnot. So Keith apparently saw the state that Kenneth was in. And I believe him because, I mean, it's Walmart. You know how many people could claim that they saw him? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I saw Kenneth in that same thing. I definitely believe yeah. believe Keith in this story. Um, so he basically was like watching them from a distance and actually approached the police officers, you know, after they had spoke to Sheila and Kenneth. And he was like, are you like, there's something wrong there. Like what? what is yeah. like, what's going to happen? You see the state of a guy like that and you don't say like, if you don't ask, like, hey, like, what's going on? That guy is clearly hurt. Like, Yeah, clearly beat up. And they told him that they know something is wrong, but they can't do anything about it. Great. Like, what are they going to do? And but... then literally two days later is when they went to the farm and found that bone. Absolutely wild. So if you made it to the end of the video, we're going to say our goodbyes, but stay around for some bonus footage because I decided to be weird and me and my mom and Keith and Keith's girlfriend drove to a LaBar house. I said no thanks and was not involved. So it was a little awkward because the person that was living there was there but all we did was drive down the road take a quick video of the house and then we left but here's the footage of the entire driveway, the way the trees line up. You're fine, bye. And, um... I actually need to see the video, too, so... The house, which literally looks the exact same from the photos of That's when wild to me. Why it. aren't you changing the house? That's crazy. But if you stuck around, thank you so much. I know this video is long, but I worked so hard on this case. I'm not going to lie. I have, like, 1,700 pages of information. <laughs> Until next time, it is Amelia's turn next week. We are yeah, we are going. Our goal is to come out with episodes every Sunday, so we have a week to do research. We're not gonna commit on days. We're not gonna do that. 
no, no. Committing on days means con not that we're not going to be consistent, but it means that if we're not putting well, out, once a week, okay. Yeah, if we're once not putting them out on Sundays, then it's kind of like letting people down. So like we're gonna we're gonna figure it out. We're gonna try to get it out at least once a week, regardless of the day. That's it. That's all I have to say. Alrighty. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Remember all the stuff we said in the intro. And we out. Go follow us. Thanks. Bye. Peace. Love. Happy nice.